Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Uh, let's play a game. It's a tough game. It's a game I'm probably going to lose, but let's have some fun doing it. We are going to guess the 26-man roster on opening day for the New York Mets. So cue the game show music. Whatever. Welcome to Rico Bronia. Guess the 26-man roster edition of the Rico Thank you for subscribing and downloading. If you haven't, please subscribe to Rico Bronia and leave a review, but only if you like us. If you hate us, I guess you can leave a review too. Who cares? We welcome all. We are marching closer and closer to the first of spring training games. We are then marching closer and closer to opening day. And the beauty of spring training is that we get to see many different players take the field and we can speculate on many different combinations of this 26-man roster. I'm going to put together my best guess on what this roster is going to look like on opening day. A couple of caveats. Number one, I don't want to sit here in the middle of February predicting injuries. Guys are hurt. It's different. But predicting it, like sitting here and saying, you know, I have a feeling Jake Diekman is going to have a sore groin. I don't want to do that. So a part of why doing this is fun, but also doing this is... uh, probably not going to be successful is that guys are going to get hurt. I mean, it's very, very uncommon that you will get through an entire spring training and basically have all your options there and have no one go on the IL. No one go on the IL guys are going to go on the IL. Your hope is you get through spring training without any major injury, without any significant injury. But that is going to be the challenge of this exercise, and I don't want to guess guys are going to get hurt. So I am projecting the 26-man roster based on who's in camp, based on everybody in theory being healthy, and based on just what I think and how I think this is going to play out. Now, I did some research before I started, and that research was simply looking at the roster again and looking at all the names of those on the 40-man and those that are non-roster invitees And I have to tell you, and I think I'll explain this throughout, they're about short. They really are. I know that's something I've been screaming a lot about over the last few weeks and months, that they need to add a stick, they need to add a stick, but write it down on paper, and when you see all the names that are there, 
and you say, okay, here's your lineup and here's your bench and how many spots do I have? Unlike last year, where we always struggled because there were too many. There were too many options. It's why Brett Beatty was never making the team out of camp as much as we asked for it, as much as we asked for Ronnie Mauricio making it out of camp. Like, it was just never going to happen. And that was before they even DFA'd Darren Ruff, which they ended up doing. I feel offensively, things are very, very different this year. But let's start with the pitching. We'll start on that side. First of all, we should all know 13 is the limit. You could have 12 pitchers, but the limit, like you can't go above 13. Those are the rules of 26-man rosters, at least until September 1st. After September 1st, when they expand the rosters, blah, 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 you could have 14 guys. So the Mets will have, I assume, 13 pitchers on their 26-man roster. I have sometimes argued that I would carry 12. This is not about me arguing because I will lose that argument. It's more about what will they actually have. So we'll start with the rotation. That is pretty self-explanatory. Barring injury, which I hate to say over and over again, but I guess I will, you have Kodai Senga in the rotation. You have Jose Quintana in the rotation. You have Luis Severino. You have Adrian Hauser. You have Sean Manaya. That gets you to five spots in the rotation. That now leaves you with eight spots in the bullpen. You've got eight different holes to fill now. So the depth starting pitchers that they have, eliminate David Peterson, he will start the year on the IL, is Joey Lucchese, Jose Budo, and Tyler McGill. So the first question I sort of kind of battled here was, do the Mets have an interest in carrying one of those guys as a long man? Because, you know, you think back to some of these Met teams, some of the Met teams that have had success, whether it was Pat Mahomes, so funny saying his name, Pat Mahomes Sr., whether it was Darren Oliver in 2006, having a valuable long man is pretty damn important. Will the Mets, should the Mets, have that? Should there be an extra reliever that has that ability to go deep into a game if necessary? It's a fair question, and it's something I've wondered about. It's something I, I think about because I'd prefer to have that. You know, if you have a starting pitcher that gets knocked out in the first or second inning, instead of dealing, you know, with relievers that for the most part, you really don't want to stretch out and pitch two or three at a time, especially in a world in which you have the designated hitter. So you don't have to worry about that pitcher coming up. Like, wouldn't it be nice to have a long man? Now, here's the truth about Miguel, Lucchese, and Budo, and it's really, really important. And I'm going to talk about this a lot because this is a big part of predicting a 26-man roster. Do they have options? They all do. All of them. So Tyler McGill, Joey Lucchese, and Jose Budo can all go to AAA without clearing waivers, without the Mets' risk of losing them. And so right off the top, I admit this is a big part of it. That's why I think those three guys all end up in the minor leagues unless the Mets have an injury. And if that's the case, just a different scenario. So I am sticking with those five starting pitchers to take up the first five slots of the 13 that we have available for the bullpen. I do want to point out, I want to thank the guy that emailed me this because it was a great point that I do want to have corrected. It came from Ian Nolan. Ian writes, Evan, uh, blah, blah, he says a lot of nice things. But he says, I think you're overlooking Fujinami, Shintaro Fujinami, in that he does have options. 
So unlike a lot of the guys that sign major league deals that you can't send down, keep in mind Fujinami can be sent down, and he's a 1,000% right about it. It's a great point by him. So when I've talked about all the relievers that are locks because they have major league contracts and they don't have any options, Fujinami is not one of them. He can go down to the minor leagues. So let's talk about the guys in the bullpen that are mortal locks to be there because the Mets didn't just sign somebody to then DFA them. Number one, Edwin Diaz. I don't think we have to waste any time on that. We all know the importance of Edwin. It is so exciting to have him back. Edwin Diaz is in this bullpen. Brooks Raley will be in this Met bullpen. Jake Diekman, who the Mets signed as a free agent, will be in this bullpen. That's three right now. Jorge Lopez, who the Mets signed as a free agent, will be in this bullpen. Adam Adovino, who the Mets brought back, will be in the bullpen. Andrew Smith will be in the bullpen. So that gets you to one, two, three, four, five, six. Get you to six. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Which means we only have two spots available. We don't exactly have that much room. And the truth is, even though the Mets have the ability to send Shintaro Fujinami down to the minor leagues, I don't think they are. I'd be surprised if he starts in the minor league. So I will give you prediction number one, Shintaro Fujinami. And again, thank you to Ian for pointing that out, that they could send him down to the minors, which is a factor. And David Stearns admitted that the other day, that you have to take that into account because if you want to keep the depth that you have, guys who don't have options are likely gone. But I'm still going to guess that Fujinami makes the team, which leaves, it's amazing to say this, one spot available. I don't know if this makes the game easier or tougher. So let's go through some of the options and if they could even keep those guys around. Phil Bickford, who was not overly impressive after the Mets brought him in last year, does not have any options. So he already is has a little bit of an advantage in that the Mets cannot send him down. They will lose him if he is not on the major league roster 
pitching out of the bullpen. That is a big, big advantage that he already faces because, again, you know, we've heard from David Stearns and him talking about the depth, how that's one of the big improvements that they have, that they have a lot more depth than they used to have. Well, you lose a little bit of that depth when a guy doesn't make the team. Max Kranich is another guy that they picked up. They got him off waivers uh, from Pittsburgh back last month. Max Kranich does not have any options left. Is he a guy that makes this team? He does have major league experience. We have seen him pitch before, not for the Mets, obviously, but we've seen him at the major league level before. Does he have an advantage? Michael Tonkin, no more options. Free agent they signed uh, from Atlanta back in December. Pitched a lot out of the bullpen for the Braves last year. Sean Reed Foley, no options. Johan Ramirez, who they purchased back in December from the White Sox, no options. And then obviously the non-roster invitees are kind of the same thing. Like if you want to keep them, you know, do you add them to the 40-man roster? Are you able to keep them in AAA? Austin Adams, Cole Sulsler, Yaxel Rios, Chad Smith, Danny Young, Cam Robinson, uh, Nate Lavender, guys like that. So it's tough. You know, Reed Garrett has options. Josh Walker has options. Grant Hartwig have options. Just right off the top, you assume, okay, well, they're not going to, those guys barring huge camps are just not making the team because you don't risk losing them by sending them down to AAA. So I'll tell you where my brain's at. I think Michael Tonkin, at 34 years old, pitching in the major leagues last year, has a really good chance to make this team. Uh, And obviously, I would also throw uh, Phil Bickford at it, based on the experience he has, and Max Kranich. Those are the three guys that I lean towards in taking the last bullpen spot. And if I had to guess right now, I would go officially with Michael Tonkin. But it's not easy. And, you know, it's not all just how they pitch in spring training. David Stearns was asked recently, you know, when you factor in these competitions and these roster spots, are you looking at performance in games? And he basically said no. You know, the volatility of the performance in a spring training game or a handful of spring training games. So they look at things that unfortunately we're not able to see. So one of the examples he gave is what if a guy's developing a new pitch and that pitch is looking really good? You know, things like that. So it's tough for us because we sit back there and say, well, how the hell are they going to determine who the last spot in the bullpen is? Is it really over the seven innings they pitch in Florida? Probably not. But I think a big factor is what I just laid out, and that is availability and the ability to keep them around. So I want to make this official. Here are the eight relief pitchers that I think will be on the opening day roster for the New York Mets in 2024. Number one, Edwin Diaz. Number two, Brooks Raley. Number three, Jake Diekman. Number four, Shantaro Fujinami. Number five, Jorge Lopez. Number six, Drew Smith. Number seven, Adam Adovino. And finally, number eight, Michael Tonkin. Tonkin will serve probably more as a long man. Uh, may not go four or five innings, but can give you multiple innings. And that's how I think this Met bullpen shakes out. It leaves you with two left-handers in Rayleigh and Diekman. It leaves you with a top closer in Edwin Diaz. Lopez, Fujinami, Drew Smith, maybe getting some big outs in the seventh and eighth inning. And then let's find out about Michael Tonkin. I still give Max Kronick an opportunity, but I would guess Michael Tonkin. And that is my official 13-man prediction for this Met bullpen. Eight relievers, five starters. It leaves McGill and Budo and Lucchese down at AAA as your starting pitching depth. Um, One option, and again, you want to put your top 13 guys out there. You know, as much as you want to protect guys that don't have any options, 
and you want to keep your depth is, you know, I, I mentioned at the top, McGill, Budo, and Lucchese probably going to AAA. Is it possible that one of those guys gets the eighth spot instead of Michael Tonkin? I think it's possible. I think it's unlikely because I think they're going to want to keep all three of them stretched out. I talked earlier uh, this week about some of the spring training questions that I had, and one of which was about McGill. Unfortunately, I think the answer to the question is starting pitcher. We keep him stretched out, barring injury. He's in AAA. Those are the 13 pitchers. So let's go to the offensive side. We've got a lot of easy ones right off the top, obviously. We have Francisco Alvarez. We have Omar Omar Narvaez. You have your two catchers. Very easy, nice and organized. We got two right off the top. We've got Pete Alonso. We've got Jeff McNeil. We have Francisco Lindor. We have Brett Beatty. We have Mark Vientos. Those are your five, I would say, guarantees. I know Mark Vientos has options. Brett Beatty has options. So technically, if they have a bad spring training, both of those guys can end up back at AAA. I just don't think that's the case. Mark Vientos has another year of options, by the way. Um, Brett Beatty has a few more years of options. Francisco Alvarez has options. I just don't think any of those guys are ending up in AAA. So that gets us to five in the infield. And our two catchers. That gets us to seven. Again, same thing. You're trying to get to 13. That leaves you six spots left. You've got Starling Marte. You've got Brandon Nimmo. You have Harrison Bader. You have Tyrone Taylor. And you have DJ Stewart. DJ Stewart does have options. They could send him down. I don't think they will, but I just want that to be known. Tyrone Taylor does not have any options. Harrison Bader, Nimmo Marte, obviously do not have options. So that gets us to the five outfielders. And I think those five outfielders are pretty much more to locks. You want to tell me DJ Stewart has this awful, awful, awful spring training? I still think he makes the team because, you know, you're going to need a fifth outfielder or you'll need a fifth person that's an outfielder. I don't mean a fifth outfielder. You think Trace Thompson takes that spot? You think Ben Gamble takes that spot? I doubt it. I doubt it. Now, you want to tell me Drew Gilbert has a big camp. We're having a different conversation. I just don't think that's the case. So we have our five outfielders. We have our five infielders, technically. That gets us to 10, and you got your two catchers. That gets us to 12. That allows us one more spot. So who are the can? Oh, Joey Wendell. Wait a second. If I, if I got Joey Wendell, I'm done. Alonzo, McNeil, Lindor, Beatty, Vientos, and Wendell. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> the roster's built. Uh, so they're really not short of bat. They're short of bat in terms of like the good of it, but that's your roster. Damn, that was freaking easy the more I think about it. I think I was off by a number because I was always thinking there was one battle. There really isn't though. Alvarez Narvaez is two. Those are locks. Alonzo, McNeil, Lindor, Beatty, Vientos, and Wendell is six infielders. Plus the two catchers is eight. Plus the five outfielders is five. That's 13. We're done. Well, that was easy. I guess I can, I can go to sleep now. <laughs> I still want to add a bat. Now, if they do add a bat, who's the odd man out? Well, the odd man out could be Mark Vientos at AAA. It could be... DJ Stewart at AAA. It really depends on where the bat comes from. But 
That's your 13. Zach Short is another guy to keep an eye on. Zach Short does not have any options. So Zach Short as a middle infielder, third baseman. I don't think the lack of options, though, is really going to save him because who's he making the team over? I don't think he's making the team over anybody. So Zach Short's a guy to keep an eye on, but I don't really see how it happens. Now, can someone from the non-roster invitee area, from that pool of players, make the case for a roster spot? They're going to need injuries. They really are. Because I think that's your roster. Damn, that's pretty easy. That's pretty damn easy. 13 batters, 13 pitchers, we call it a day. So, want to make this official. The official Evan Roberts 2024 26-man roster prediction. Your position players, Starling Marte, Brandon Nimmo, Harrison Bader, DJ Stewart, Tyrone Taylor, Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor, Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos, Joey Wendell, Francisco Alvarez, Omar Narvaez. Your pitchers, Kodai Senga, Jose Quintana, Luis Severino, Adrian Hauser, Sean Manaya, Edwin Diaz, Brooks Raley, Jake Diekman, Shintaro Fujinami, Adam Adovino, Jorge Lopez, Drew Smith, and Michael Tonkin. We'll see how right I am. <laughs> we'll see if I nail it. The reason why I know I'm not is because someone's going to get hurt. I just hope that's not the case. Maybe we get lucky and we get a perfect spring training of health. But the problem with spring training is that never, ever, ever happens. Where do you disagree with me? Where are my mistakes? Where am I not seeing it clearly? You could email us, thericob at gmail.com, thericob at gmail.com. But now we have a phone number. You could actually dial it up and leave a voicemail message for us. And we will start to listen to some of those voicemails and hear them and play them on Rico Bronia. The number is 725-222-8699. The number again, 725-222-8699. That's the email or the phone number, I should say, where you could leave us voicemails. It's very, very much appreciated. Now, let's get to some of your emails. We always appreciate the interaction. So let's comment on some of those emails. We'll start with Joe Riley. Joe writes, hello, Evan, big fan of the show and love the intricate and Mets analysis you consistently do. Well, we appreciate it. David Stearns has gotten a decent amount of backlash from the fans for his lack of going all out or not making the big move. And despite the lack of big moves, I genuinely love the way he went about this offseason and believe there's a good amount to be excited about heading into 2024. Do they have the 102-win World Series aspirations they had a year ago? No, but the potential emergence of a young core that could serve this team for many years to come is something I look forward to seeing. We've heard Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos, and Francisco Alvarez's name over and over again, and while I look forward to watching them develop, the emergence of guys like Drew Gilbert, Luis Anjalacuna, and Jet Williams is something to be excited about. The Mets needed to get younger, and in a lot of ways they have. Deciding to sell at the deadline last year was the best decision they could have made. With this veteran core they currently have, the emergence of our young talent, and the astuteness of David Stearns, I believe this team will be ready to compete for a World Series within the next year or two. In the meantime, we have to be patient and hope they can pull a 2017 Yankees, a year that was supposed to be a rebuild, an evaluation turning into a deep postseason run. You never know. Hope springs eternal and LFGM. P.S. Love the Adam Wader on interview. Look forward to seeing who's next. The Villain Show will be. Thank you very much, Joe. 
I think it's an optimistic outlook. But I don't think you're necessarily wrong about the young core that's sort of exciting. This is not a, you know, with the starting pitching, it's a little bit different, but I'm going to stick with the lineup right now. There are a lot of young position players currently getting an opportunity and then also maybe getting an opportunity real soon. This is not watching a bunch of 32-year-old piecemealed veterans, you know, hey, let's have a big year and everything breaks right and we'll be good. There's a lot of young players that are involved in that. And that is a lot more exciting. I think when it comes to the starting pitching, it's more like the piecemeal veterans. And that's really going to be the big question. That's that's the thing that may help determine where this season goes. You know, that young core can develop, but can they pitch enough? Not that young core, but can this pitching pitch enough? Can Sean Manaya give him a good solid year? Can Luis Severino give him a good solid year? Can Adrian Hauser give him a good solid year? Can they do all that? Luan Hassani writes, are we Mad fans kidding ourselves? Hey, Evan, love the plot, pod, blah, blah, blah. I still want Jordan Montgomery. He not only helps the rotation for this year and next year, he eats innings and limits the tax on the bullpen. Do you think he'd accept a four-year, $120 million contract? Is the market dropping? Right off the top, I'll say, I don't think it is. Like, just because it's the middle of February doesn't mean that guys are now just going to say, screw it. I'll just take whatever. I mean, usually when Scott Boris has his clients wait this long, they end up getting pretty much what they wanted. It's usually the case. Uh, he goes on to say, I know a ton of money's coming off the books next offseason, but I think the Met fans are kidding themselves that they believe we're getting Soto, Alonzo, Burns, etc., and then filling out the rest of the rotation and bullpen. I know about Steve's money, but if Yamamoto taught us anything, it's that nothing is guaranteed. My gut says we get one of the three above and have a very similar offseason to what we're having now with the trust the process speech from ownership and the front office. We need arms both in quality and quantity. I think they're biting way more off they can chew and they should be using part of this offseason's plan for next year as well. Well, I agree with you. It's a part of why I, I mentioned that weeks ago about Montgomery that part of the appeal of him is not only improving the team now, but giving them another rotation spot next year. Otherwise, you're going to go into next offseason needing four rotation spots potentially, keeping Pete Alonso, stargazing at Juan Soto. Like, that's a lot to do. A lot to do. Mets may set themselves up to where they have to have a billion-dollar offseason. And I'm not kidding you. Billion-dollar offseason and guaranteed money. That may be the offseason they're looking at because if they don't make another move and we think they're serious about keeping Pete and that's going to cost them, excuse me, <clears throat> and that's going to cost them, let's say, $250 million. And they're going to pursue Juan Soto, which would cost them $600 million. And then you're going to pursue a starting pitcher. Not even two of them or three of them. A starting pitcher. That's another $150, $200 million. You may be working yourself into a situation where you need a billion-dollar offseason. Will Steve Cohen do that? That's the big question. Appreciate the emails, the RicoB at gmail.com. Always good to check in. Thank you very much for emailing, for calling, and for downloading. We got a lot more Ricos on the way as we enter another week of spring training and creep closer and closer to our very first spring training game. Thanks for downloading and subscribing to Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.